Welcome to this webinar series, Physical Activity Researcher Podcast and International Society for Physical Activity and Health, ISPA, have started collaboration. We have edited their webinars to audio-only podcast versions, so you can listen them also on the go. Our mission is to advance science and share scientific knowledge, so if your organization has relevant webinars or lectures and would like to get more audience to them, please let us know. But without further ado, let's jump to the webinar. Um, welcome back everyone and uh, well done to everyone that's uh, stayed with us from the start, but also uh, welcome to anyone that has uh, just joined us. My name is Mark Kamer. I'm going to be chairing our second keynote of this morning and it gives me great pleasure to introduce Isabel Fortier. Um, Isabel is a associate professor at McGill in Canada so I appreciate it. it's quite early in the morning for, for you Isabel so apologies for that. Um, Isabel has interest in method and software development, um, data harmonization, cohort studies uh, and youth and maternal health and she's currently lead of the Maelstrom research platform which provides um, the community with resources to leverage and support data harmonization. Um, and uh, th that is really the topic of, of her talk today. Um, just before I give the floor to Isabel, can I just remind everyone, if you do have questions, please post them in the comments box and I will pick them up um, at the end. Um, so uh, Isabel, uh, over to you, really looking forward to your talk. Thanks for the invitation. It's always a pleasure to um, discuss about those challenging issues related to harmonization. As you know, I think you, if you're here, it's because you all agree with the fact that uh, things are changing. Uh, more and more we see the interest in optimizing the impact of the, the data that are collected by studies that too often stay on a shelf somewhere. So we want to optimize the usage of what we do. We want to as well to try to obtain larger sample sizes to be able to uh, refine our analysis or uh, study events that are more rare. We also want to conduct comparative research across countries, across institutions, across studies. So to help that, one of the means is to uh, harmonize the data, to be able to compare and co-analyze the data across different uh, organizations. There are different types of harmonization studies or network doing harmonization. CANPATH is one example. Um, it's a very large project, a little bit like EPIC. So there in CANPATH, you have <clears throat> over 300,000 participants that were recruited across seven uh, provinces, specific provinces across Canada. And each of these uh, courts sat down before starting the collection of the data to agree on a common questionnaire, on a common set of sample, of a common set of physical measures, etc. So they agreed on 
core information to be collected uh, across the different studies. Each study is being independent. So, uh, for example, uh, in the Atlantic provinces, they have an interest in ex environmental exposure. So they collect more information about uh, uh, the exposure and collect males and uh, air and things like that. So it's not identical studies, but they agreed on sharing a core set of information. <clears throat> so they, the, the problem is that when they went back home, uh, it was challenging to maintain exactly the same questionnaire, exactly the same uh, environment to collect. So that led to challenges. So it's not 100% compatible, but there is a high level of compatibility across the board. The other characteristic of that network is as well the fact that they were not able to share or to pull the data all at one place. Because of the law in Quebec, uh, the Quebec data, the Quebec province data uh, needed to stay in Quebec. So you have in the uh, infrastructure, some of the data that are stored in Quebec and some of the data that are stored in a server uh, in Ontario with the data from all of the other courts. So that, and, and when the uh, user asks for access to the data, the data can be sent to the user. So no need of data shield or, or that type of, a, of a, an, uh, approach to analyze the data but it's separately that the data will be sent to, the, to the, the user. So very large infrastructure, millions of dollars invested in setting that up. And uh, a, lot, a lot of work, like I think it's $3 million up to now that were dedicated just to data harmonization and data cleaning. So very large uh, initiative. And you also have small projects. You know, so you will have a small project like that one. Uh, it's a study <clears throat> aiming to explore the alcohol intake during pregnancy and the impact on the uh, development of the baby, uh, including the uh, birth weight, uh, the uh, weight at birth and gestational age, but also in the later development. So they together data from four, uh, five studies, sorry, uh, to write one or two, perhaps three paper at the end of the day. So it's just focused on harmonizing, uh, let's say 40 variable across five studies and generate papers. And for, <clears throat> in the case of that project, they were able to pull the data uh, from the, the harmonized data set together. So very different contexts, very different uh, challenges as well related to the implementation and management, but sharing same uh, problems or same steps as we will see. First thing, uh, as I mentioned for CANPAT, it was easy because all the data were the same or were supposed to be the same. So when you agree on the collection before starting, your life is easier because you can collect uh, information even for, uh, for example, for uh, the education. 
the, the way to collect information about education is obviously different in Quebec than it is in Ontario because the education system is not the same. So the question needs to be asked a little bit differently. But if you work uh, on the harmonization before starting, it's easier to uh, at least organize the question to be able to, uh, after that, process the information under a compatible format. But in reality, what we are dealing with is the heterogeneity of the data as they are collected. And let's take this example, a simple question about diabetes collected in a questionnaire or an health registry, as we will see. So six different studies. First one asking if the participant have diabetes type one, yes, no, type two, yes, no. Second study, as a doctor ever told you that you had diabetes altogether, okay? Third study, they are just asking about type one diabetes, nothing about type two. Fourth study, as a nurse or a physician, so it's here you have doctor, here you have nurse or physician, but okay. Ever told you that you have diabetes, but it's excluding diabetes during pregnancy. The sixth one, it's uh, the ICD code. So you can have diabetes, but it's extracted from health registry. And uh, the last one is, uh, as a health professional, I will told you that you had diabetes or high blood sugar. That is not the same as diabetes. So what do you do when you have to deal with that? So the first question is, what do you want? Okay, it's impossible to always put everything together apart if you go with a meta-analysis and you analyze differently uh, and you do not you know, want to have exactly the same information across the studies. Um, it's um, generally impossible to be able to pull all the studies together. So you need to find the right balance that fit with your scientific objective. So if I want to have diabetes, yes or no, I need to define what is diabetes, yes or no. Is it type one, two, uh, together? Uh, so in that case, it would be okay for the first study to generate the diabetes, yes, no. The second study as well, probably. Type one only, no, in that case. Uh, the excluding diabetes during pregnancy, that depends. That depends on the person that will do the harmonization and the scientific committee that will need to discuss that one and decide what you think is compatible or not. Uh, and the diagnosis, uh, the ICD code is different. So it's, it, there is no good or bad answer here, but it's just to keep in mind the complexity of the exercise and, and the fact that the level of homogeneity that you will aim for depends on the research question you address. Here you have another example. So it's a retrospective harmonization again. And uh, it's the example I just gave with the uh, alcohol exposure. Initially, the uh, investigator wanted to have exposure during first trimester, second trimester, and third trimester. 
But as you see, the data collected is quite different, okay, for each of the studies. So for some of the study, they have three measures, for other, they just have two. Uh, and in addition to the timing that is different, you have the differences in the, uh, the way the information is asked to the participant. So at the end of the day, uh, they could have chosen another path, but at the end of the day, what they uh, arrived with is only alcohol exposure, yes or no, during pregnancy, and uh, binge drinking, yes or no, during pregnancy at any time. So those were the uh, variables they had to deal with at the end of the day. Um, and for example, for the weight of the baby, for some of the weight it was measured, so collected at the hospital at birth, uh, but for other, it was reported by the parents. So in their case, they chose to consider the weight reported or measure as uh, harmonizable and uh, generate the, uh, the, the weight measure for the, the children. Um, in that case. Again, each study, each PIs will take different decisions depending on their uh, objective and their belief. So one important thing that we will see is to be transparent in the decision-making for the people that are using the harmonized data to be able to understand uh, the, uh, where the, how the data were generated. What Malmström is, in fact, it's a, uh, an international research group uh, that was created in 2012, but based on activities uh, that were under the umbrella of the Public Population Project in Big Genomics that started in 2004. So Malmström was created by uh, Paul Burton, uh, that is now leading Data Shield, Vincent Ferretti. Uh, that was leading the uh, development of the OBBUS software, and I that was uh, interested in the uh, exploration of the harmonization challenges as an epidemiologist. Um, and a group of investigators from different domains. So uh, you have uh, ethicists, uh, you had the statistician, epidemiologists, and as well uh, computer scientists. Uh, since the initiation, we collaborated with a group, different uh, networks, but the goal of Maelstrom behind all those uh, partnership is really to develop and always further develop tools as well as methodological guidelines to support the data cataloging, management and harmonization. So to facilitate the work of the harmonizer. Uh, in, in that sense, we also maintain a catalog that I will, I will describe in a minute, as well as we are providing some expert support or technical support to international uh, research initiatives. Two main things that we are doing, uh, the study catalog and the harmonization platform. So we'll pass in uh, more detail uh, across those two. The metadata catalog first, uh, you have different type of catalog. You have the catalog that will just give some information about the studies, so the design, the number of participants. Catalog that are as well including information about the uh, specific information collected. Um, 
other that will include the metadata, so the variable per se, the, the name of the variable, the label, the categories, and then others that are as well including the data. For Maelstrom, uh, we are stopping uh, at the level of the metadata, but the software developed by Obiba can cover everything. So currently, and the, and the objective of the catalog is first to help anyone uh, to identify studies that are collecting data of interest uh, to answer the question they are addressing. So it can be just used for the usage of one study, but as well, it is helping to compare the way the information is collected across different studies uh, to be able to explore the harmonization potential. So 23 networks are uh, documenting their member studies on the catalog currently. That means three on, over 300 studies uh, described. And uh, for two thirds approximately of the studies, we also have the list of variable collected uh, as I will uh, show in a minute. And some of the studies that were um, that you just saw, like Constance, uh, are documented in the, on the catalog. When we are talking about the study description, that means that we have information about the design. So what are the objectives, the design of the study, the start and year, uh, as well as the PIs and the person contact if you want to have access to data. But we also have a description of the subpopulation of each study. In that case, you have a mother and child court. So you have the mothers, the, the partners, as well as the children. And for each subpopulation, you have the selection criteria for that population, but you also have a description of each data collection event. So here for the mother, perhaps the first uh, data collection event was just questionnaire. Uh, oh, sorry, in that case, it's questionnaire, physical measure, and biological sample with the blood and urine collected. At the second one, it's perhaps just a questionnaire, etc. So it's a description of the detailed information about the court. So you have for each data collection event, like I mentioned, a description of the type of information collected. But what we do after that is that we are taking the data dictionary, so the list of variables collected at one time point, and we classify those variables. So that variable is about alcohol intake, that variable is about uh, ICD-10 code for, for uh, cancer, uh, that one is about uh, physical activity, et cetera, to be able to facilitate the search of the variable. So what you see there is the distribution. You don't, it's too small, but it's the distribution of the uh, information collected by 35 studies across all of the different categories that we have. And for age and sex, for example, we see that age and sex are always collected across all of the studies, but uh, ethnicity, uh, perhaps not all the time or income, not all the time. So that is the idea to be able to search who is collecting what type of information. But more than that, it's as well important to know the timing of when the information is collected and the specific uh, type, like uh, the example of diabetes, we need to 
to know what are the categories and what is the, the description of the study. So in that case, the level of education that is uh, here in that study collected in three levels. Uh, so that is particularly important. Like I mentioned, you need to have the timing. Here you have the timing of the different uh, data collection event for the mother, the children, and the father at different time points. But as well, if you have, as the example of the uh, diabetes we have seen, in that case, it's the number of hours of sleep. Uh, and depending how you're defining your variable, if you want to have the hours of sleep in a 24-hour period, those three studies will be able to uh, be used to generate your variable hours of sleep in a 24-hour uh, period. But if you want to have only the number of hours of sleep during the night, it's what you want uh, to, to, to generate across the studies, those three studies will be uh, able to generate that specific variable because um, so, Having access to the catalog can show who is collecting information of interest, yes, but as well uh, help you to estimate how you will want to, uh, and if you will be able to uh, harmonize and how you will uh, want to generate your core variable. So that's great, but it's not the data yet. It's just the metadata. We are just talking about the description of the data collected. That was for the catalog. Now we will jump in the uh, harmonization platform. So to do the harmonization, there are different ways to uh, harmonize the data. You will uh, sometimes have the studies that will generate the core set of information, harmonized uh, information. Sometimes it will be done by a central team. You have different contexts, but it's always you take the data collected by the studies, you transform, uh, the data under a common format to be able then to do the co-analysis of the information. You have different structure. Sometimes you can go with a meta-analysis. If you cannot share individual participant data, it's uh, a good way to go. And if you cannot share any individual participant data, generally the processing of the information under the, uh, the data under the harmonized format will be done locally by the studies. And in case of meta-analysis, obviously, it's the studies that will generate the regression or the whatever analysis uh, need to be done. And then you will just compare the results. So that's one way to go. But the other opposite, you have the pooled analysis uh, where the studies will send centrally the data on one central server and the analysis will be done on the pooled data set. In that case, uh, the harmonization can be done by the central team. So receiving the data as they are collected by the studies and uh, processing the information under the harmonized format, or it can be done by the studies as well. So that depends uh, of the governance model and uh, approach that is uh, uh, used by the, the network. Then you have the federated analysis. Uh, Data Shield is one example of that type of uh, analysis, but you have different ones as well 
where the data uh, stay behind the firewall of each of the study. Uh, but the, with Data Shield, the analysis is done by <clears throat> someone centrally, and the, uh, the equation is sent behind the firewall and it is iteratively run to uh, be able at the end to obtain the equivalent of a pooled analysis. That's Data Shield, and as I mentioned, there are other uh, approaches as well. But the three approaches are used and are feasible. Uh, each have some advantages and disadvantages, but it's always the same flow. Uh, first is that you will have to define your research question. And I think it's a very important step because uh, it's easy like you saw to be mixed up in the heterogeneity of how the data are collected, et cetera. So it's a very important step to sit down and say, what do I want scientifically? Is it important for me to have the weight measured because I know that the weight reported by the participant is biased? So I don't want to have any studies that are collecting the weight reported by the participant or not. Again, there is no right or wrong answer here, but you need to think about those, uh, those points. Then you have the collection of information uh, collected by the studies. If you have a catalog, your task is easy, but sometimes you will have to, if you don't have access to a catalog documenting the information collected, you could have to ask to each study to send you the questionnaire and the data dictionaries to be able to understand uh, how the information is collected and as well the uh, potential differences in the design. So if one study exclude uh, at recruitment participant with cancer and the others know, and you want to use the uh, prevalence of cancer, uh, that is something you need to know. Uh, when you uh, do the analysis. So really understand the design and the um, data collected uh, is the second step. Then you have the definition of your core variable and evaluation of the potential to, for each study to generate the variable. In the example, it's the equivalent of what I've sh sh uh, shown for the uh, Cancer, the sorry, diabetes earlier. In the case here, what you have, it's about ethnicity. So you have those five studies that uh, are the studies for the, the rich, the, the, the alcohol exposure. And in each study, the, catalog, the categories used to collect information about ethnicity differ. So you have some that will have, you know, the, you see all the potential categories and who is collecting what category. But in addition to that, for some studies, it was possible to have uh, multiple selections. So you can select Arab, West Asian, and Black for 3D and for OBS. But for the others, it was limited to just one selection. So you couldn't select more than one. So how do we pull all that together? In their case, uh, what they did is that they, they uh, as you see, for some of the categories, it is similar across all of the courts. So they created one category for each. And in other, they put 
all the rest plus the one uh, that have more than uh, two selection. That's their decision, but that's the way they dealt with that. So it's really, that, that step is really to define what is your target and then uh, evaluate if yes or no, the, each of the study can generate that specific variable. Sometimes it is not possible to create a variable across all of the studies, sometimes yes. Then you have the processing. Uh, processing can be algorithmic as the uh, example I gave up to now, but it can be as well uh, building a specific model, statistical model uh, to be able to, uh, to combine different skills or to deal with missing values, for example. And, and often what is happening is when you go to the processing, you will change your variables. So I described the steps as a, meter, uh, as a one by one, but in fact, in reality, you will go back, modify your, your description of the, of the variables, etc. So it was a back and forth process generally. Then when you process all your data under the same format, uh, the next step is to estimate the quality of your data set. And here you have two examples. The first one is the sitting height. So we did the uh, harmonization of the sitting height uh, across a different data set. So the harmonization in fact was to transform uh, uh, not pounds and uh, uh, inches and uh, centimeters to be able to have every, everything in centimeters. But what we saw in doing that is that for uh, three of the, the data set, uh, there was a big difference uh, if we were comparing to others. And in fact, what we found at the end of the day is that those that are higher, it's their uh, error because when they use the device, they forgot to subtract 40 centimeter uh, in, in, the, in their procedures. So the real, uh, the reality in fact, it uh, should be lower. So all those that are higher uh, then were corrected to lower. So we found an error that several studies did. So it's really important to sit down and think about the uh, quality. Uh, same thing for uh, the, the total metabolic equivalent uh, that uh, were collected for uh, different studies with sometimes the long uh, form of the International Physical Activity Questionnaire and sometimes with the short form. So the two form give you met minute. But that doesn't mean that it's equivalent measures. Uh, if you look at the distribution for uh, that one is the short form in red and the long form in blue. Uh, <clears throat> you need to understand those differences before starting to uh, analyze the data. Uh, in that case, it's the example of CANPAT. So for uh, 100,000 participants, you have the long form. And uh, for uh, 200,000 participants, you have the short form. So you cannot just pull those together and say uh, and start your analysis. There is a, a calibration. There is something you need to do to, uh, to use properly the met minute generated. In that case, in fact, we didn't generate one variable. We generated 
a set of variables for the long form and a set of variables for the short form. Then last step is to uh, preserve the uh, information about all the decisions that were taken to ensure transparency in, uh, the, in the process. So it's important to be able to understand how the harmonized variable was generated for a user to say, yes, I agree and I want to use that variable or I disagree and I will create a new vari harmonized variable because the decision that were taken by the, that, the person before me, I don't agree. It's important as well because it's so much work for physical activity, for nutrition, for, for many different variables. Uh, it's so much work to generate those harmonized data that it's uh, great to be able to learn from what people did. So uh, what we are trying to do is to have some uh, user-friendly interfaces to document the harmonized data set. So in that case, you have the different uh, the catalog, uh, including the different variables created. And yes or no, it was possible to generate the variable and access as well to the algorithm. So how the information was transformed to generate the harmonized data set for each of the data set. So that can be particularly helpful uh, for different networks. What Mastrom is doing, in fact, it's some guidelines, some template to facilitate the work. Uh, and we now have a R package. It's not uh, on Crane yet. Uh, we are working on the optimizing the documentation to be able to chronalize. I don't know how to say that, the, the R package. But if you're interested, uh, we would be happy to, to share what we currently have and the OBBA software as well. So guideline, uh, R package, and the OBBA software that are open source, freely available. You can download the software from the OBBA website. Uh, for our package, you need to contact me. Uh, and for all the rest, the catalog, everything is accessible uh, on the Mastrom website. A couple of years ago, friends from Sweden uh, came with that uh, description of the work they had to do uh, to harmonize. It was uh, 21 court for 20 variables. And uh, it took for three years just to identify the court and invite the court. So identify the court with the information of interest. Two years to have access to the data and have the data transferred for the harmonization and statistical analysis, kind of 18 months each, but it was like I mentioned, an iterative process. So they calculated the amount of work necessary for each step. And as you see the data management with the harmonization, it's huge if we compare to the management or the statistical analysis. And they uh, came to us hoping to transform that graph in that one. Uh, never worked, but we are trying hard at least to uh, develop tools to facilitate the documentation and the life of the harmonizer. So thank you and thanks to all the Mastrom team. Thank, thank you very much, Isabel. That's a fantastic overview of, of, of what your team are 
are doing. Um, we've got a, f a few minutes for questions. Um, I've had um, one question, which is around um, the, or the order of questions. So um, let me, this is quite a tricky one to, to, to explain. Um, so for example, if you've got a cohort that's asked questions about physical activity intensity first, and then they go on to ask about frequency, is it going to give the same comparability to another study where they ask the questions the other way around? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. Uh, it's very difficult to, uh, because apart from asking the same question everybody everywhere, you will always have to deal with heterogeneity. And the problem here is that how will you investigate if it's the order or if it's the wording that is a little bit different or if it's the participant or if it's the timing because you ask the question and it's currently versus the other and it's in the 30 last days so it's very difficult to be able to refine we need research we need research in estimating the effect of the heterogeneity but we are not there yet we need more uh, statisticians interested in exploring those issues because i don't know perhaps yes perhaps no but i don't know and is it the order of the the order of the question, or it's the wording, or it's the timing, or it's the subpopulation, or it's we need yeah, more. Tr tricky. In ten tricky years, ask me the question again. <laughs> um, we've got a yeah really interesting question from Anne Marie. Um, this is talking about content expertise, and you know you, how do you deal with this? Which part of the harmonization is done by the researchers, and which part is by Melsham? Because I. I imagine okay. you couldn't possibly have expertise in all the different areas. No, 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 no. And, and we never take the decision, apart if it's something for my, I know scientifically I, with my interests where I'm an expert. But Maelstrom, Maelstrom is developing the tools. The decision are to be done by the, ex, the content expert, you know, the, if we take back the uh, level of physical activity or the uh, diabetes, or it's in fact the person that will do the analysis or the group of investigators that will do the analysis that need to take the, dis, uh, the decision. What Nastrom is doing is creating the template for these people to think about different uh, uh, aspects to uh, to, for them to define well and think about those things. Like, for example, the timing, or uh, did you think about the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the different, uh, how can I say, the, the different features that you need to think of to take your decision about, like, for example, the, the weight, okay? The weight reported versus the weight measured. Just to think about those things, and you decide whatever you want, but it's certainly never, never Maelstrom that will take the decision. We develop the tools. Sometimes we provide the technical, uh, the help to do the work technically, but it's the investigator that need to take the decision. And not just the investigator, the investigator is expert in 
physical activity or in obesity or in cancer or in whatever. Um, fantastic. Well, I think we are perfectly on time. Actually brings us to sort of the end of today's programme. Um, so uh, thank you again, Isabel, for a fantastic talk. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.